First off, I'd like to say congratulations. You are in at the beginning of something amazing. I'm about to show you something that's amazing. You guys want to see something amazing? Yes, I want to see something amazing. Yeah. What is it? So amazing. Amazing. Whoa, amazing! What are you waiting for? I don't know. Something amazing, I guess. This week on Something Amazing. Why you should know the story and the name of Ronald McNair. Also, Lin-Manuel Miranda has been making the dreams of young people come true for years. And his latest instalment in Lin-Manuel Miranda Makes Your Dreams Come True is even more special than the previous instalments. (laughs) Uh, A story about goats. And the Irish Prime Minister has a hobby. We'll tell you about that and friendship and other stories this week on Something Something Amazing. Welcome to <laughs> Something, Something Amazing. Amazing. How are we all going? Yeah, I'm going great. Thanks for asking, Amberly Cole. <laughs> I guess when I said we all, I meant me and you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome to the show, if we can call it that. It's actually us in social isolation, more than 1.5 metres away from each other. We're actually in separate houses, but we've worked out a way to still record this podcast. Heaps of metres. As if we're in the same room. Uh, and this podcast is me, Matt Tarasini, and Amberly Cull. Oh, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We get together and we tell each other facts, stories, Stories, tidbits, tidbits. recipes. Recipes? Well, I am starting to cook now. You are. This is a big, big change. You know how people are doing different things in isolation? Like some people are like, I'm going to learn to play clocks by Coldplay on the piano. (laughs) That is very specific. Are you learning to play clocks by Coldplay on the piano? No, I'm learning to play cocks by Coldplay. The lesser-known B-side. Cox by Claude Play. <laughs> um, no, that's Carrie Bickmore's doing that. Oh, that's good to know. What <laughs> else is Carrie Bickmore doing that? Uh, she's giving uh, her family haircuts as well. Ooh, very nice. I'm, I'm excited about the first haircut Jill is going to give me. My partner always tries to make me cut his hair and I find it so stressful. Why? Do you know, like Michelangelo said, he took away anything that wasn't the statue. All you need to do is take away anything, anything that, that it, isn't hair. Your dream boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not good at it. I get very stressed out and then it feels like it's something that I'm going to have to look at every single hour of every single day. Just feel the constant guilt <laughs> of what you've done. <laughs> yeah. Last week I talked about how this is a good time to start doing things that you're not good at mm. uh, because so often in our society we feel like any hobby we do we have to be good at or it has to have a purpose. Like me with cooking. That being said, it is hard doing something you're not good at. (laughs) It doesn't make you feel great at the beginning. Isn't it great to go back and be bad at something? Like the 10,000 hours thing. It doesn't, I I wouldn't say it feels great. It feels, it certainly certainly brings up feelings, but it is a good thing. Uh, Yeah, it's, (laughs) I encourage it. Anyway, uh, so we get together, we tell each other facts, tidbits, stories, recipes. recipes. Mostly recipes. (laughs) Uh, It can be absolutely anything, but there is one rule and one rule only that we hold sacrosanct. That is that the thing that we tell each other must be something something amazing. amazing.
Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was a very eloquent explanation. What do you think? Yeah, not rambly in the slightest. No, well, we're into it. I've got so many facts to tell you. Look, if you're going to do so many facts, I could do so many facts. Let's have a -a fact-a-thon. We could cram it in. I have been inspired by, do you know John Krasinski? Yes. Sorry, I'll say that again. Do you know (laughs) John Krasinski? I didn't say that any better the second time. (laughs) I was going to edit out my first mistake, but now I think I'm going to leave it in there as a lesson to myself on how to say a very funny actor's name. I do know John Krasinski. I'm a big Office fan. You said it so well. <laughs> uh, yes, so he's been doing a show. Do you know about the yeah, show? Yeah, the like good news on the YouTube web uh, show. Yeah, he's just doing like a tonight it's show. It's basically something amazing. Exactly, and it's only filled with good news, and it's yes. called SGN, I think. It's Some good news? Something like that. Uh, and have you seen the latest episode? I haven't seen any episode. Oh, my God. I think I was worried that I would watch it and then I would accidentally say one of the things on Something Amazing. I'm worried about that because I'm trying to find light in the darkness of this awful time that the world is going through Mm. um, and looking for some good news stories in there. So... I do watch it just to check that. Just in case. Um, You watch it to make sure you don't do it, and I don't watch it to make sure I don't do it. But I do want to call out his second episode, which aired maybe a a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. And he had a kid on his show, and this is going to be one of my something amazings because it is literally something amazing. And if it is a a true good news story, then share it on as many platforms (laughs) as possible. And even if I describe it, you're going to have to watch it anyway, so he's still going to get the hit on his YouTube channel. (laughs) As, As long as... John Krasinski gets the hit, we'll be okay. I was going to come after these podcasters in Melbourne, Australia, but they gave me the hit, so I'm <laughs> they did fine. They give me the hit. We're fine. So somebody tweeted Lynn manuel who of course wrote Hamilton, mm-hmm. uh, and said- And In the Heights and Moana. Yeah, but mainly Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, I guess he mainly wrote Hamilton. And he was a chimney sweep in Mary Poppins. But Have you listened to In the, in, in the Heights, by the way? It's no, very they, good. They're doing a movie version of it next year, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Or this yeah. year? Who knows what year it is. <laughs> Oh boy, now's the time to get into it So you can be like, I knew about this before the movie I did notice a lot of theatres, which are unfortunately shut Are actually putting archival of shows up online so people can watch it Oh, fun So like the National Theatre, I think in London Maybe is putting that James Corden one Yeah, yeah, yeah I think the National Theatre is putting a lot of the stuff up and Andrew Lloyd Webber's putting all of his musicals out. There's, it's a, it's a, there's, I mean, there's a lot of co- content to be watched right now in a time that everyone needs content. Numbers are through the roof for Netflix. <laughs> I finished Tiger King, my word. Apparently, there's going to be another episode next week. And also, P.S., if you watch Louis Theroux's Most Dangerous Pets, Joe Exotic is on it. Yeah, yeah. I saw that last night while cooking dinner. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, so someone had tweeted Lin-Manuel and said, we were supposed to see Hamilton in Jacksonville tonight, Dee Dee, which is her daughter. It's her ninth birthday present. Seeing Hamilton has been her dream since she saw her first Broadway show last year. But we're at home watching Mary Poppins instead. At least we're safe and healthy. And... John Krasinski got word of this and secretly using probably Emily Blunt's help because they're <laughs> married and Emily Blunt was Mary Poppins and who was the chimney sweep in Mary Poppins? Lin-Manuel Miranda. That's right. So they must have just done some secret squirrel stuff. And then the whole original Broadway cast of Hamilton got together and sung this nine-year-old the song. <laughs> 
That's my favorite song from Hamilton. How does a bastard And what a cast, too. That's incredible. It's a Zoom call, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the top-rated YouTube comments is, wow, when I try and do a Zoom call with all my colleagues, we can barely get the microphones to work. <laughs> and the Hamilton cast does a perfect performance of the opening number in harmony. to do karaoke on Zoom and as soon as there is a duet it really uh, <laughs> devolves. <laughs> Does not work out. We're lucky that all our comedy timing is still here in our podcast. Well, that's what we think. <laughs> <laughs> all I can say is you've got to go and watch it on YouTube. Okay. That's- and we've got to give Krasinski the hit. Yeah, give him the hit. Uh, some good news, SGN uh, on YouTube and to see the whole Hamilton cast bring absolute joy to a nine-year-old girl. That's lovely. I, I didn't realise you got to see her reaction. That's... Oh, she's on the call too. Wow. <laughs> the, the whole Hamilton cast is singing to her and she's just sitting there going, my dreams are coming true. Wow. That's so cool. That is something, something amazing. amazing. This isn't even one of my stories, but it's reminded me of a of a story from years ago that, uh, that I'm going to make one of my facts, my stories now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Are you following me? Yeah. You just caught me off guard and I, and I want to share something. This is the sound of Emily Cull at peak excitement. <laughs> so uh, I've been a Lin-Manuel Miranda fan for quite a time. Mm. Uh, back in the day when In the Heights was the only thing he had out there. Um, I knew him before he was cool. <laughs> well, In the Heights is a very cool musical. Okay. And uh, a little boy, it's, a, it's, it's also a rap musical, and a little boy on YouTube um, uploaded a video of himself uh, rapping the last number. And uh, like Hamilton, that's very fast rap, it's quite impressive, and he just was in love with In the Heights and in love with the show. Can you do and, any of it? Uh, yes. I'm not going to. No, nah, come on. Do... I want to hear how fast it is. It'll help oh, me. Oh, no, it's not, it's not necessarily super fast, but it's just like in Hamilton. It's just a rap. It was impressive that this little boy did it, and right. it was sweet that it was his favorite thing. But just so I can get the flavor. Okay. <clears throat> Lights up for Washington Heights up at the break of day. I wake up and I got this little guy. Oh, God. I, I ruined it. Oh, please don't include this or include it. I'm just so excited. Okay. So, this little boy, <laughs> loved in the heights, put this up on YouTube, hoping Lin-Manuel Miranda would see it. Not only did Lin-Manuel Miranda see it, um, he responded to it oh, by oh, bringing yes. the boy on to the Broadway stage. Oh, my God. This boy's life has changed forever. <laughs> to to rap the final number in, in, on Broadway with his hero. Oh. And the, I, think, I think the video on YouTube is called, like, Dreams Do Come True. Yeah, perfect. So, if you typed Dreams Do Come True and In the Heights, you would find it. But this is not the first Lin-Manuel Miranda making a child's dream come true story. No, maybe that's just how he spends his spare time. He's like, yeah. I'm in social isolation. I can't do what I want to do. Might as well make some boys' dreams come true. Oh, but that this was girl. pre-social isolation as well. He's always had this big heart. Wow, good on you, Lin-Manuel. <laughs> He's he's a good he's a good guy. You know what? We haven't even got into our pre-planned facts yet, but that was something, <laughs> something amazing. Something amazing. <laughs> this is just the Lee Manuel Miranda uh, sidebar of the podcast. Yeah, this is a bonus <laughs> episode. P.S. Did you know Lin-Manuel Miranda makes children's dreams come true? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my first official fact. Okay, don't think that those last ones were official no. at all, please. I mean, if you think they were amazing, wait till you hear this. Oh, boy. So, the Irish Prime Minister, naturally we know who he is. Uh, yes. 
You, you say it first. Leo Varadka. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Leo Varadka. He's a bit of a hero. Um, but before he was the Prime Minister of Ireland, he was a doctor. Heard of them? He's quite young. Like, he was only a doctor for seven years before he decided to leave his profession and then pursue a life in politics. <laughs> and so he dropped off the medical register in 2013. But in Ireland, the HSC, which is like their um, healthcare providers, uh, were petitioning for anyone who was a doctor, I guess a kind of recruitment drive to help deal with the unfolding crisis. 50,000 people responded and said, yep, I'll re-register to be a doctor even though I'm in retirement or moved on or whatever. And Mr. Varadka said, you know what? I Even though that I'm the prime minister of this country, I am a doctor, I'm going to re-register as well. Wow. And, that's incredible. Yeah, and has actually been working out in the phone assessment part of coronavirus. So before you get admitted to any kind of hospital, they do a phone assessment first just to try and limit the amount of people who come into contact with people who potentially have coronavirus. So my point is the prime minister of Ireland is also working doing phone screenings as a doctor, to help people who have coronavirus. Re-elect this man forever. <laughs> so it's not that much of a surprise because he's the son of a doctor and a nurse, so he comes from a big medical family, and his partner, Matthew Barrett, and his two sisters and their husbands all work in health services. Mm -hmm. So the health service needs some help. All right, I'm there, even though I'm the Prime Minister of <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> he sounds cool. Anyway, that's my fact, and I think it's something, something amazing. amazing. Very good. Very wonderful. It's just uh, uh, being a doctor is such an incredible thing, and I, I feel the same about nurses as well, but it does. It feels like it is like a big burden as well. Like yeah. if you're ever on a plane and someone is sick, like you like, have to go and help them. If you're just on holiday yeah, you're and going someone's to Fiji. sick, you have to go help them. Like you like have this knowledge that makes you like indispensable to society, but also you could be called on at any moment to work. Surely a part of you, though, got into the profession because you believed in the yeah, value. you want to help people. I, I mean, we have a friend, Steph, who's a vet, and um, look, She's late to things sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And one time when we were in Perth, she was late to something and she could see that uh, a couple of people were starting to roll their eyes at her. Okay, do you want to know why I'm late? Because uh, I saw somebody on the side of the road panicking about their dog and I pulled over because I'm a vet and gave the dog CPR. And this was like uh, on the way to a wedding. She was in like a ball gown. <laughs> on the side of the road. I Can you imagine? Yeah, you're with your dog and you're like, I don't know what to do. And then this this woman vet. just comes up in a ball gown and is like, I'm a vet. <laughs> Let me help. Well, we're on we're on Zoom with her the other day, and she just had a baby bat. She was like feeding milk to. It's incredible. It's I incredible. can't believe she's our friend. I really like it how in other countries as well, people are applauding all the health workers at the moment. God, and uh, and we're just like so in their debt. Yes, <laughs> yes, we well, are so in need. All right, are you ready for a fact? So ready. I chose this one for both of us. Oh, good. You know, we're about a bit of a we're, we're a fan of NASA. We love NASA. We love NASA. You got we to love visit astronauts. the Space Center. I visited the Space Center, get, got you a present. That was a coin that says, do something amazing. <laughs> it's really the, the sometimes, NASA has been a big part of this podcast. Mm. So I wanted to talk about a NASA astronaut. His name is Ronald Irwin McNair. I know most NASA astronauts, but not that one. 
Okay, this one, he has quite the story. So when he was uh, young, when he was a boy in the summer of 1956, Lin-Manuel Miranda made his (laughs) dreams come true. (laughs) (laughs) So he, in the summer of 1959, he refused to leave the segregated Lake City Public Library without being allowed to check out his books. So... Uh, this was a time where they. Oh, he, he's a he's an African American. I, I figured. I figured. If this <laughs> story is of note, I figured. Yes. Uh, so he was he was told to leave as a little boy. Can you just imagine the heartbreak of that? He's he wants to get out some books, mm. and he's told he has to leave because it is a segregated uh, library. <sighs> and he's it, on the path to being an astronaut too. So he must love. He's a books. smart young boy. He's he refused to leave, and so his the police were called, and his mother was called. Oh, um, he then proceeded obviously to become a. NASA astronaut mm. and physicist. He uh, died during the launch of the Space Shuttle Challenger. Oh. Uh, he, he was one of the mission specialists, but he uh, he had a like quite a career and was an in- incredible astronaut. Uh, so much so that that uh, library that he was kicked out of is now named after. Oh him. yes, good. Yes, uh, I just wish that young boy at the time when he was probably going through all that heartache and all that pain. Somebody could just time travel in and go, you know what? One day this library is going to have your name on the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the police are there. They're like, get out. And then there's just like a little, like the, one, one of the policemen just kneels down to him and is like, don't worry. <laughs> this is all yours. Roll with it. Trust me. Oh, also don't get on that flight. <laughs> and also there's also a children's book called uh, Ron's Big Mission. That was written by his brother about his life. And so you could get a book about this man out from the library that is named after him that he was once kicked out of as a young boy. (laughs) I've been thinking about legacies lately because obviously uh, the world's going through turmoil and it's hard not to think about your own mortality and the mortality of others. Mm. Um, But also one of the rare things that you're allowed to do at the moment in Melbourne is exercise with one other person. Yes. So um, me and my friend Dan Williams, we went for an exercise. We left the house and we just went for a big old um, move about the city. And we ended up walking through the cemetery. Have you ever? Oh, I recently walked through that cemetery. <laughs> it's beautiful in there, even though yeah. it's, some would say spooky, but all these monuments to people's lives and the nice messages people have written them. And also it's just a beautiful spot. Like it's yeah. on, on top of the hill. You can see the mountains. You can see the city. You can see the green all around. It's it's quite beautiful. And I you'd only ever go there in times of heartache, usually. Yeah. So it was quite strange to just walk through it and, and think about things. Um, anyway, my point was that some people have, instead of just a nice little headstone, they have these... Monuments, which is like a plinth with an eagle on the top. It's just got to be the highest one in there. And so I've been thinking about this this notion of like what lasts after you're gone. Well, you you've spoken about wanting to be uh, taxidermied uh, in <laughs> in the shape of five. you having a high five to, with all your friends as they walk in, and then turned into a <laughs> firework as Katy yes. Perry's firework plays, and I explode into the sky. But building things that are lasting and uh, go on longer than you, because I hate to break it to you, but we're not going to all make it. <laughs> we're not going to be immortal. None of us are going to make it. None of in us. In terms of immortality. No, exactly. So, 
anyway, that story has just really unexpectedly hit me right in the feels. Well, um, recently when I was walking through that uh, cemetery, it's huge. Mm. I don't know if you came across this, uh, but I was shocked to find uh, a grave. Or not, I guess it was a grave slash shrine to Elvis Presley. <laughs> It was like a huge, like... Not, it wasn't like an impersonator that's just taken over it? No, it was like the people, I guess it was the like... Biggest fan club. fan club for <laughs> Elvis Presley all like put together their money when Elvis Presley died to like put a grave slash shrine in the Melbourne Cemetery. Wow. Which, it's, it's quite the thing. It's quite huge. We try to find the oldest grave. Like uh, yes, classic. Some of them are quite decrepit and spooky but they're only 20 years old there's a lot that are like it feels like they're open like the big like slab has cracked and it feels like you can look in and you feel like you're going to see something that you don't want to see but i guess you don't (laughs) no they're long gone i'm pretty sure Um, i'm just reading a little bit more about uh ronald the astronaut (laughs) they're just just another little fun thing he was an accomplished saxophonist oh i played the old brass (laughs) Before his fateful... Actually, it's woodwind, isn't it? Oh. I think a saxophone is actually a woodwind. Whoa. Shockingly. Huge if true. Shockingly. But is it not made of brass? I oh, but don't it has know. a reed. Yeah. A, a saxophone is a woodwind. Ah, that's something amazing. <laughs> so many bonus facts here. Um, before his last fateful space mission, he had worked with the composer Jean-Michel, Jean-Michel Jarre on a piece of music for Jarre's then upcoming rendezvous. It was intended that he would record his saxophone solo oh, on space. board the Challenger. Oh. Which would have made McNair's solo the first original piece of music to have been recorded in space, although the song Jingle Bells has been played on a harmonica during an earlier Gemini 6 spaceflight. However, the recording was never made as the flight ended in disaster and the mm. death of its entire crew. Yeah. The last rendezvous pieces, last rendezvous, had the original name Ron's piece. Ron McNair was supposed to have taken part in Jar's Rendezvous Houston concert through a live feed from the orbiting shuttlecraft. Wow. Yeah, wow. Oh, right in the feels, Amberly Carl. <laughs> also, looking through even more, he has so many public honours. This man has like a list of for days of all the things he received. He was clearly an incredible person. Wow. That is something, something amazing. amazing. Wow. Let's remember the name Ronald McNair. Forever and ever, ever. Yes, well, that library at least should should remember yeah. his name. It's That'll do the him. job. I've already forgotten. <laughs> okay, uh, here's another story for you. Tell me. In LA, California, obviously, they're all doing social distancing. Heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> doing it. And uh, there was a, a, a sandwich pop-up that used to appear on the weekends run by Kara Hultiwanger. Mm-hmm. And the name of the sandwich pop-up was Calabama. Which I love. Yes, great. <laughs> um, and obviously, putting egg and cheese and toast all together is not really something you can do at the moment on the street. So, what? What do you mean? Oh, yes. No, sorry. <laughs> Thought you meant we couldn't make sandwiches in this time. And I was like, Matt, we can. Great news. We can make as many sandwiches as we want. Yes! I've got to go. <laughs> um, my point is that Kara's pop-up sandwich store has now moved four stories up. And she's mm. dropping the sandwiches that she's cooked in a bucket from her. This is east- like us the other day, how we hung out. 
Oh, yeah, because I've been setting up because I'm on the first floor balcony and people have been visiting on the streets. And if they need toilet paper or olives, which are two actual legitimate transactions I've made in this last week, (laughs) um, I put it in like a Coles bag that's attached to some scarves and ties that are all... Um, sewn together and then I just put my things in and lower it down like Rapunzel and they put their things in and I put it back up. It's a great As soon system. as I start baking, Matt, you would be expecting a visit. Oh God, I would love that. What would, would you what would you like what would you like most? You know what I'm like. Anything chocolatey or chocolateish. Um okay. whatever it the will vegan, be vegan version is. Yeah. <laughs> Your vegan version of Any, that. Anything cacao. I was thinking of making chocolate. Yeah, great. So maybe I'll bring you some chocolate. That'll be lovely. Well, it is Easter after all. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. It is. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, she's putting her food in a bucket and then lowering it down and then making sure that the people can uh, receive her pop-up sandwiches. Mm. But this made me think of in Melbourne years ago, there was a the thing. The parachute jaffles. Yeah, jaffle shoots. So there was this thing where you could... Uh, order a toasted sandwich, a jaffle, online. You paid five bucks to a mysterious PayPal account. And then you just stand on Flinders Lane, which is just a street in the middle of the city. And from about eight stories up, your sandwich attached to like an army man parachute. And it would just float down and then more often than not, land on the street. And you just have to do a mercy dash and pick it up off the road (laughs) and eat your delicious sandwich. It's a part of the fun of it all, though. Yeah, javel shoots. They should bring that back in these times. I mean, I'm on the first floor. This is the time. Yes, you should do it. Actually, it's not that high. Maybe our friends that live a bit higher would be better for it. Mm. Everyone stay 1.5 metres apart and here comes your sandwiches. (laughs) And 1.5 metres does include vertically. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They never specify. (laughs) Uh, That was something Something amazing. amazing. Headline of this. Yes. Goats prefer happy people. Okay. Okay, I can't wait to hear the scientific experiment that figured this Goats out. Goats can differentiate between human <laughs> facial expressions and prefer uh-huh. to interact with happy people, uh-huh. according to a new study led by scientists at Queen Mary University of London. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the study uh, provided the first evidence that goats can read emotional expressions. Yep. Um, and... Uh, they they watched how 20 goats interacted with images of positive people and negative people, okay. as in angry people. Only and 20 found goats, they, though, not a huge sample size. <laughs> you think they just got the specific 20 goats <laughs> that happen to like happy people more? I'm just trying to cast a peer review over this <laughs> science. Anyway, they preferred to look at the happy faces. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Alan McElligott... Uh, who led the study at Queen Mary University of London, uh, said the study has important implications for how we interact with livestock and other species because the abilities of animals to perceive human emotions might be widespread and not just limited to pets. We know that about dogs and stuff, yeah. So I guess it makes sense that other animals would get it. Now there's a video. <laughs> they have um, two panels and then they have the same person as a picture, one side of her angry, the other side happy, and they just have the goats walking over to the happy pictures. Uh, oh. Have you seen that incredible footage of the goats in um, that small town where they've like where everyone's social yeah, staying at home and so these goats have taken over this the, the whole town? <laughs> 
The no. footage is incredible. They especially love very manicured hedges, it seems. And they have just taken it. The town is empty because everyone's home. And yeah. these beautiful goats are everywhere. We rule this town now. We Please knew this find- day would come. <laughs> We Find would it out- and link it. It is incredible footage to watch. I knew They're- we would outlast these dumb humans. <laughs> it's like what they've been waiting for. They're like, these hedges, these hedges are so perfectly cut. <laughs> They're so delicious. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I love that fact. Goats just prefer happy people. I'm going to smile at a goat now. <laughs> yeah, never frown at a goat. They're not going to interact with you. Oh, fuck, just a quick side one, though, yeah. by the way. Yeah. I learned recently that cats, you might want to smile at a cat now, but cats view like you looking at them as a more of a like predator thing to show that you're like, cool oh, with showing a cat. your teeth. Yeah, it's kind of showing your teeth to a to an animal. You looking away from a cat when they first enter the room is you showing that like you're a uh, friendly reverence. Because that's why like cats always seem to go up to the people who don't care about them or the people who are allergic. It's because they're not the ones looking and smiling at them. Yeah. So they see them as like as like the, the happier, safer, friendlier people. So if you want a cat to love you, uh, don't look at it. Yeah, ignore it. Hate ignore a, it. hate a cat and it'll love you. Yeah, but a dog, you know, do anything they'll love you. <laughs> <laughs> that was something, something amazing. Something amazing. Emily Oh, there were some lovely happy facts. What a delight. Please what? don't please don't include me doing that awful rap. Please. I can't remember if I deleted it or not from the edit. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Wait, are you talking your future self to yourself now? I can't remember if I you deleted can't it. can't remember what you're doing in the future? <laughs> I cannot recall my future actions. <laughs> Look, it's a, time is an illusion, so yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll read it. Yeah. I'll take it. Uh, Avali Cole, this has been an absolute delight, and I'm glad that we are doing this, and let's do it again soon. Oh, let's do it again next week. But before we go... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Emily Carl, what do you recommend? I recommend smiling at a goat. I recommend... Sorry, just out of context, that... <laughs> imagine if I just deleted that whole story for time. <laughs> I left in your rap, but then I just took that yeah, out. Smiling at a goat. <laughs> uh, I recommend telling Lin-Manuel Miranda your dreams... Yeah, he'll make them come true. Especially if you're a boy or girl. (laughs) Um, I recommend some hot content for the week is the Hamilton uh, cast coming back together, the dreams do come true in the Heights, and, of course, the goats taking over the city. I recommend uh, paying respects and giving gifts to anyone working in the healthcare sector at the moment. Absolutely. They deserve our praise and thanks. I recommend washing your hands. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend um, visiting someone who's doing takeaway as well. because Especially they... if they're doing it from some sort of parachute yeah, in a or hide. bucket or yeah. anything. I recommend emailing us at hellosomethingamazing at gmail.com with anything at all. Well, that reminds me, uh, we do have an email, but we've run out of time, so we'll get to it next week. So yeah, if you want to add... Get excited for an email. Yeah, so we're going to have this whole section next week so you could be a part of it. <laughs> There's never been a better time to email us hello something amazing at gmail.com <laughs> subscribe to this podcast follow it on Spotify or whatever oh give do. us a fiver if you feel feel like it just tell your friends that this exists and it's great otherwise <laughs> I'll see you next week see you Amberly Cole bye